So hi, everybody. My name is Brady, and uh, it's a privilege to be here at Mid-City Church with you, and i um, pleased to be able to bring the message tonight. So the scripture I chose is actually really simple, really short. It's from the 10th chapter of Matthew, and it's just one verse, verse 38. So here it is. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I don't know how many of you do this, uh, but when if you've, if you've got a favorite show or maybe it's a favorite movie and there's a new episode coming out, uh, do you go back and watch some of the older episodes first? Kind of like remind yourself of what happened so you're kind of like, you know, extra excited for when the new episode comes out. Um, I had some friends of mine do this with the last Star Wars movie. Uh, you know, it was like number nine in the in the nine-part series. And they went back and they watched like all eight episodes and then got in the car and like drove to the movie theater and like and I saw the, saw the most recent one. Uh, I, I haven't ever done anything quite like that, but I will like if I'm watching something on Netflix and maybe there's been a pause between seasons, I'll go back and watch maybe at least the last episode of the previous season, right? And so if, you, if you're familiar with that concept, I really want to suggest to you that when you read the Bible, that you do something like that, right? So when you take, like I've read one little verse out of, out of this 10th chapter of Matthew, that uh, when you encounter something in the scriptures, that you take the time to go back and remember what's happening, because it'll really help you to sort of understand uh, the context of the scripture and maybe give you a little more understanding. So if we go back in the 10th chapter of, of Matthew, what we see is in the very beginning of the 10th chapter, Jesus is calling the 12 disciples. So he's calling his, his, his group of followers. And then very quickly after calling them, he kind of sends them out on, on their mission. And he tells them, look, this is what I want you to go do in the world. And towards the end of the 10th chapter, which is where the 38th verse happens, uh, he's kind of giving them a pep talk. And the, uh, and the pep talk basically goes like this. Look, I'm sending you out in the world to, to declare my message, and you need to be prepared to have opposition and to face difficulty, and people are going to call you names, and you might get dragged before officials, you might get thrown in jail, you might get beaten, you might even get killed. Your family's going to turn against you, uh, but don't let any of that deter you, uh, you know, uh, be of good heart and, and continue on with God's mission. And so, and so this whole 10th chapter is about the sending out of the 12. Uh, but then Jesus gets to this, this, this one verse that I just read. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And what I want to explore a little bit is what does this mean? What does Jesus, what does Jesus mean? Take up the cross and follow me. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with the story of a young man named John Cho uh, he was a 26-year-old young man. He was a Christian. He was a really avid outdoorsman. And he really felt this strong call to go out and evangelize people, to kind of bring people to Christ. And so in November of 2019, he flew to the Andaman Islands, which is off the coast of India. Uh, and when he was in the Andaman Islands, he hitched a ride with some fishermen to an even smaller island in the Indian Ocean called the Sentinel Islands. Uh, and on the Sentinel Islands, there's a group of people that are called the Sentinelese people. Good, right? Uh, but they are one of the last uncontacted tribes in the world, meaning that they're a group of people who have no interaction with the world around them. Uh, there's a very few of these left in the entire world. And John Cho uh, felt this call to go to the Sentinelese people and share Christ with them. So, again, he hits to ride with some fishermen, made his way out to the island, and apparently he made a few trips and made a few contact with the islanders. Uh, in one of the trips, uh, there was one of the, uh, the children of the Sentinelese people shot an arrow at him and actually hit his Bible. 
And, uh, and he swam back out and got on his boat and flew away. But apparently the last time, the, the, the third time or so that he went to the island, he was killed by the Sentinelese people. And, uh, and uh, they nev- they didn't re- nobody went to the island to recover his body. So this, this was sort of where the story ended. Now, some people celebrated what Cho did and said, hey, you know, he's a great evangelist for Christ. Uh, other people, like his father did not celebrate what he did and said he thought it was a little reckless and all that kind of stuff. But, but I tell you this story because I think a lot of times uh, we think this is what it means to take up your cross, right? That you have to put yourself in these positions where you're risking your life for Jesus and you might, you might actually die for Jesus, right? Um, but, but I guess I wanted to ask the question a little bit, is that what Jesus means? Is that what Jesus is getting at? Are Christians, are we supposed to like somehow live life in a way that we're constantly putting our lives at risk like, like Jesus did? And again, some might say yes, uh, but I got to tell you, if that's what Jesus is talking about here, then very few of us will ever be worthy of Jesus, right? Because we're, we're, not, we're not living lives like that, most of us. So I want us to think about some other ways, uh, other things that Jesus might be thinking about here. So the cross is obviously one of the primary symbols of the Christian faith, right? If you, if you go by most church buildings, what are you going to see on the outside of the church building? You know, either on a steeple or somewhere, you're going to see a cross. If you go inside the building... Uh, you know, in a sanctuary. Now, there are, a lot, there are a lot of churches increasingly that don't put crosses, but, you know, traditionally you're going to see a cross somewhere in the building. You know, I, as a Christian person who dedicated my life to Christ, when I get up in the morning, I've got a little cheap cross that, that I put on. And it's just a way of sort of me reminding, you know, reminding me that it's me and Jesus going out in the world together, right? Y'all may have something nicer than this. This is like a buck fifty-one from Oriental Trading Company. But, but it's meaningful to me, right? So the cross is one of the primary symbols of the faith. And I think that when Jesus says we need to take up our cross, one of the things he's saying is that we need to take up Christ in our lives. Uh, We need to allow Christ to be the Lord of our lives, and we need to make Jesus's cause and Jesus's mission our cause and our mission. Like, we're kind of, you know, we're we're taking on Christ uh, in our lives, over our lives, and and, and in our lives. Uh, So if somebody asks you, what was Jesus's cause? Why did Jesus come? What would you answer? I mean, if, if you're, maybe, you know, you're sitting at home with somebody right now. Maybe there's somebody. Well, what would you answer? What was Jesus's cause? What was Jesus's mission? So if we look back, remember I told you, you should always, we should look back uh, to the previous chapter, uh, but here it's just in the same chapter to uh, John, I'm sorry, Matthew 10, verse 7. This is what Jesus tells the disciples that their mission is. He says this, as you go, Proclaim the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. So uh, this is what Jesus says the mission is. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom kingdom of heaven has come near. So uh, I could go on and on and on about the kingdom of heaven, but we're not going to do that. So I want to give you one thought about the kingdom of heaven. Um, first of all, it's, uh, it's, it's, Jesus spends a lot of time trying to help us understand what the kingdom of heaven is about. If you read through the Gospels and you read through the parables, he's constantly talking about the kingdom of heaven, right? But I'm a big fan. Uh, nobody will be surprised if you know me of the name I'm about to say. I'm a big fan of this guy named Dallas Willard. And, uh, and Dallas Willard uh, talks about the fact that what Jesus came to do is to help us to enter into an interactive relationship with God. And I just love that, love that idea. 
an interactive relationship with God. And I would suggest to you that that's what the kingdom of heaven is. Uh, it's this awareness that God is present to us, that God is with us, that God wants to be in relationship with us, that God's healing power and God's guiding uh, in, you know, uh, ways can be, a, that we can experience this, not at some future point in time when we die, but now, right? So Jesus came to say to us, God and God's way is available to us now, right? And he went around and he told his disciples, now go proclaim this, go tell everybody. You don't have to wait. Uh, you're not separated from God because of your sin anymore. Because of me, because of Jesus, uh, this kingdom of heaven, this interactive relationship with God is available to you now, right? And by the way, that's good news. But then the other thing that's cool about this is, remember, he also tells them to go out and heal and cast out demons and, and do all these other kinds of things. And so I think another part of the proclaiming of God's presence, proclaiming the kingdom of God, proclaiming this interactive relationship with God is manifesting it. Okay, so uh, when Jesus and his disciples would come upon somebody who was sick, right? Now think about this a minute. Does God want people to be sick? Is that part of what, what God wants? And I would say to you, no. And so when God and the kingdom of heaven are manifest in these people's lives, they're healed. Um, they also uh, cast out demons, right? I think so in, in, uh, when God is present, when God's will is being done, when, when God's way is, is active, are, there, are, there, are people... Uh, you know, possessed by darkness and possessed by brokenness and possessed by, by no, right? And so these things are cast out. Um, does God want hungry people? No. And so again, when Jesus is out teaching and he comes across hungry people, there's these miracles that happen where people are fed. I just, I just think, so uh, we as Christians are called, Jesus tells us here in Matthew, to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, but also to manifest the kingdom of heaven. And I think we do that all kinds, in all kinds of ways as Christians, uh, by loving one another, by caring for one another, uh, by, by visiting the sick, by feeding the hungry, by, you know, some, sometimes it's just a matter of just offering someone a kind word. Uh, so I think uh, this is one of the ways I think we can understand what Jesus is saying when he says, take up the cross, take it up, take up my, take up me, take up my cause in the world, make my cause your cause, go out into the world as my disciple and proclaim the kingdom of heaven and manifest the kingdom of heaven, right? So that, that's one way I wanted to invite you to think about it. Another thing I think Jesus might be getting at is this. Taking up the cross means discovering and taking up your unique calling. Okay? Uh, so Jesus, very clearly reading through the Gospels, understood that his job was to die on the cross. It really is that simple, right? Uh, again and again throughout the, the, the Gospels, Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem. Uh, he's going to suffer at the hands of the authorities that he's going to be crucified, and on the third day, he's going to rise from the dead. He, he tells them this over and over again. And he understood that that was his unique job, his unique calling as the Messiah, as God's son, right? Um, and I think one of the things that Jesus might be pointing us to and calling us to take up our crosses is to ask us the question, do you know your unique calling from God? Why has God put you here? Uh, and I, and I, again, I it's not to go die on a cross. I mean, there aren't even crosses around for me to go die on anymore. So I've got to think, think about it in a little, little bit different way, right? So, uh, you know, pastors, one of the things we have to do when we're, when we're sort of entering into ministry in the early days is we're constantly asked the question about our call. What was your call? How did you get this, how did you get this uh, calling from God to be a, a pastor? And uh, some people, when they tell their call stories, there's like some really big obvious moment. Like I have friends who said they had a, a very clear dream from 
from God, or they actually heard a voice calling them. And I got to tell you, mine wasn't like that. Mine was a little bit of, uh, it's kind of funny because I think my wife would agree with this. I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes. And so my understanding of my call was also a little bit slow, and it evolved over, over a period of time. Uh, over time, I began to realize the things that I felt like I loved and the things I felt like I was gifted at. Uh, and then I also saw the place where some of those things that I loved and that I was gifted at were of help to other people. And I started kind of putting these different pieces of the puzzle together and kind of going, hey, well, maybe this is what, who God has made me to be, right? So uh, I have always loved to think about sort of philosophical and religious ideas. I've loved that since I was a kid. Uh, so I love, I love God, and I love to think about God. Uh, I also, some of you will be surprised to find this, I like to talk, you know, and so uh, here I go, you know, like, hey, well, preachers get to talk, right? Um, I, I love people. I love helping people. I, I care about people. Uh, I particularly uh, want to talk about people about kind of their beliefs and things that are going on inside their heads, right? And, uh, and when I finally, as an adult, returned to my Christian faith, that's a whole other long story. But, but it was kind of like all these, all these pieces of the puzzle came together, and it became very clear to me that I was called to teach and preach and proclaim Jesus. Like, that's, that's what God put me here for, right? So do you know what that thing is in your life? And I want you to know this. It doesn't have to be overtly religious. And I, I think a lot of times, actually, it's not overtly religious, right? Uh, I, I met a guy one time in a church I was working at. It was an older gentleman who came up to me, and uh, I was in seminary. And he came up to me, and he says, yeah, he says, when I was a young man, I thought I was being called to go to seminary, too, because I loved God, and I wanted to serve God. He said, but then I realized that I was really good at making money. He said, so uh, he, he, he didn't go to seminary. Instead, he went out and started a business. He'd become a very, very successful businessman. He said, but now what I do with my money is I support the church, and I bless the church. And so God blessed me to be good at business and make money, and I'm using that for the, for the good of God's kingdom, right? So uh, I, I think, uh, Jason, where'd you go, Jason? You know, Jason's got a gift for music, right? And he's using it to glorify God. So what gift has God given you uh, that, is unique, that is unique to you? that you're, is kind of your calling in the world. Do you know what that is? Uh, and again, I'll give you just two quick little hints. Um, what do you enjoy doing? What are you drawn to? What do you find yourself drawn to over and over and over again? And where does that interest of yours or that, that sort of passion of yours meet a, with a, a need in the world, right? A need or a brokenness or a hurt in the world. Can you, can you kind of bring those two things together? Uh, and I would, of course, encourage you to pray to God about it. What's, what's that unique calling that God is calling you to? All right, so one last thing. Uh, so Jesus, uh, I think, clearly had this mission from God that he sent the disciples out on. Uh, I think Jesus felt like he had a unique calling from God uh, to die on the cross. That was kind of his task. But the other really fascinating thing is Jesus didn't give up. And one of the things we see here in Matthew 10 is this encouragement to the disciples not to give up, you know, never to give up. Uh, people, people uh, Peter in particular, tried to talk Jesus out of going to the cross. One of the times when Jesus says to Peter, hey, I'm, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be turned over to the authorities. I'm going to be, oh, no. G Peter says, no, Lord, no, that'll never happen to you. And, uh, and Peter, I mean, Jesus kind of rebukes Peter and tells him, no, this is why I've come. This is, you know, you're not going to talk me out of this. This is why I've come. Jesus himself, we don't think about this very often, also, I think, had some of his own fears and hesitancies about the cross. Uh, probably the most profound moment we see him with these fears is in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, where we're told that he, he actually sweats blood, and he asks God, he says, please take this cup from me, right? Um, so I think just because Jesus knew that this was his calling and his mission, that, he, that, it, that wasn't, it wasn't easy for him to do, right? 
So what I want to encourage you in is this. When you figure out what God is calling you to do, if you think you've got a sense of that, don't quit. Don't give up, right? So uh, a lot of you who know me know this, but uh, it'll be, it's three years ago now I had open heart surgery. And it's a long story. I won't go into it. But I had six weeks where I kind of sat around at home and I was uh, recovering. And it was really a lot of, a lot of time, of, a lot of self-examination. And I, I got to tell you, uh, I love being a pastor. I love preaching. I love teaching. But there's a lot of other parts of my job that sort of just, you know, it's run, running the church and doing all the kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm glad to be able to do it. But there's just some times where I, I would say to you, it's not exactly, I don't get up in the morning and go, oh, boy, we're going to go to a finance committee meeting, right? And so during those six weeks, I really thought to myself, you know, uh, is, is this really what I want to do? Is this really what I want to keep doing? And I, and I felt like, you know, if I quit right now, if I said to everybody right now, you know what, I'm just done with this whole thing. Everybody would understand. They'd go, oh, Brady just had this big heart thing, and, you know, he's changing directions. But I had this very, very clear, uh, again, this clear sense of calling from God that, no, this is what I have made you to do, and this is who I've made you to be. Get up and go do it some more, right? Uh, but but I, what I want you to hear is there are going to be times in your journey uh, where you're going to get frustrated, where you're going to get tired, uh, and... I think one of the things that Jesus is calling us to as his disciples here is not to quit, to, to, to press on, right? So uh, I was, uh, uh, an, ad, an advertisement showed up on my Facebook feed a couple of weeks ago that was for a, a thing called a half bike. I'm giving free advertising for this half bike thing. Uh, but it's, uh, it's basically a bicycle. It's like got a big tire in the front, some handlebars, two little tires in the back, and some, some pedals. And uh, you don't sit down, uh, so that's why it's called a half bike. But anyway, so what I found fascinating, I was kind of looking around on their website about it. They, they put a chart up about what a lot of their customers experience when they get their half bikes. And uh, I wanted to share it with you because I think it's kind of funny. So basically they said, in the beginning, you're really excited about your half bike. It comes in the mail and, you know, you all have that, that, what do they call that, open box experience, right? So you open the box and you put it together and it's great. And, uh, and, but then apparently the things are hard to ride or it's like hard to figure out how to steer it or something like that. So everybody gets it. They're really excited and they don't know what, then they can't, they have a hard time figuring it out. But I thought this chart was great, and they said if you stick with it, it just gets better and better, and it gets more exciting, and by the end, you're like, you know, a big half-bike fan, right? And, and what I've realized is we ought to give these out to every Christian person in the world, right? There, there ought to be some, like, uh, uh, disclosure up front to say there are going to be difficult and challenging times in your journey of following Jesus. There just are. Um, and I think Jesus was kind of preparing the disciples for this here and saying, but you st stick with it. Stick with it. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to what I've called you to do. Uh, and in the end, uh, you will experience this great and, and uh, beautiful blessing of, of being faithful to God and knowing that you did the right thing and that you persevered, right? So uh, when you figure out what your unique calling is from God, stick with it and don't give up. Um, so, so what does it mean to follow God? Or what does it mean to take up our cross? What does it mean to take up the cross and follow Jesus? Uh, I think, first of all, it means to take on Christ, uh, to make Jesus' cause and Jesus' mission your cause. I think it also means to figure out, as Jesus very clearly did, what is your unique calling from God, right? Uh, figure out what that is. Pray about what that is. Uh, you know, there might be some experimentation you need to do to figure it out, but, but figure it out. And then when you figure it out, when you hit those hard times and those hard moments, don't give up. Stick with it, Right? Uh, may God bless each and every one of us as we seek, seek to, to take up the cross and follow Jesus with our whole lives. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for Jesus.
Uh, we thank you that he came, that he was faithful to what you called him to do, that through him uh, we have access to your kingdom, to that interactive relationship with you. Uh, Lord, help us to seek that. Help us to share that with others. And Lord, also help us to keep our eyes open for uh, what you have made each of us for, that unique calling you have in our lives, and help us to persevere and never to give up. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody.